Welcome to the Systems and Workflow Magic Podcast, where I help entrepreneurs go from scattered to streamlined in their creative businesses. I'm your host, Dolly DeLong, a wife, a mom, and a photographer turned systems educator. Join me every week as we have conversations centered around creating tactical workflows and automations in your business. Now, let's make some strategic workflow magic. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Systems and Workflow Magic podcast. I am your Systems and Workflow BFF and guide, Dolly DeLong. And today I'm so pumped to have who I have deemed the sweetest person ever on the podcast. I have Mara Kucherik. I just probably butchered your last name. Please forgive me on the podcast. Now, Mara is an online course designer, launch strategist, and host of the Create a Better Course podcast. She's the creator of the Launch and Rise online course and sales page template shop. And Mara lives in beautiful, sunny Tampa with her husband, her sweet and perfect daughter, and her two dogs. Seriously, Mara, I know I told you this right before we hit record, but thank you so much for agreeing to be on the podcast. I know that you are in the midst of having a newborn and like in the midst of being a new mom. So the fact that you are here, it really means the world to me. Absolutely. I couldn't say no when Dolly asked and was like, I have these dates available. And I was like, oh, I'm probably going to have a newborn, which I have. She's 20 days old today. So Dolly's not kidding. I'm right in the thick of like newborn sleep exhaustion. But I was like, it'll be good to test my brain, have some business thing to look forward to among all of the diapers and exhaustion and dishes. Babies come with so much dishes, by the oh, way. Yeah. It's, it's so crazy. much cleaning. Yeah. Yep. yep. I'm going to make you feel a little better about your brain and hopefully you will not do this. Yesterday, I was very sleep deprived because of my baby and I accidentally when I was making my coffee put a scoop of his formula in my coffee instead of my collagen I have already made my coffee and not put a cup underneath oh and then there was one day I put a bowl and I, I don't really know what I was thinking it did catch the coffee yeah I was like why did I put a cereal bowl there that like that so funny oh the thing I, I did the right too. motion yeah. Put something from the cupboard. It was not the right container though. Oh man. I just appreciate you being on the podcast. And again, like you don't have to worry about having a perfect brain because we're moms. Like we have a lot of things going on in our head. And I know what you're going to share with us on the podcast today, like the back of your hand. So you have so much knowledge about this. So, okay. Before we begin, just correct me on your pronunciation of your last name so that everybody can know. Oh, it is so hard, by the way. No one ever gets it right. It's Kasirik. Yeah. You yeah. can thank my husband for giving me <laughs> the most challenging last name. It actually took me three years to change it after we got married. Oh, that I was like, no one will know how to pronounce this. I can never be successful in business. You can. There's tons of people that have crazy last names, I've realized. But I was scared to death that like no no one will know. And it, it's actually worked out for me because Google SEO is amazing when no yes. one else is Mara Kaziric. Yeah. Um, and even if you misspell it, I still come up correctly. So that's Ooh, awesome. That's nice. Uh, okay. Here's the question. Where is that name from? Like, oh, so it's Czech. Okay. Yeah. yeah. But my husband's family is from all over the place. Gotcha. Um, but sometimes I talk to clients in Europe and they're like, oh, you must be in Europe too. And I'm like, no, sorry. <laughs> I'm in America. I'm oh. in America where everyone's last names are all over the place. Yeah. I love that fact so much. Okay. Sorry. I was just very curious. I was like, oh, that's such a, cause I know you said, you just mentioned before we hit record your, mm -hmm. you and your husband grew up in Nebraska. And I was like, that is not a normal, not that there is a normal Nebraskan last name, but it's not. Yeah. It's not in Nebraska. It's not a Midwest last name. And my yes. last name used to be Davidson, which oh, is... Oh, yes. That's very Midwest. Thank you. Yes. It's very Midwest. Yeah. My grandparents were farmers. It's easy to pronounce. And now I have a last name that I'm like, I have to explain to everyone. It doesn't follow the I before E rule, but <laughs> like it's, it's all over the place. Oh, I love it. Well, thank you for correcting me. I Because I was like, oh my gosh, I am butchering this and I'm keeping this on the podcast so that you all can laugh at me. But thank you for letting us know. And okay, so Mara, you know that you are going to be, well, 
this is a launching series. So this is the series that we're in the middle in. We are talking about all things launching when it comes to the prep work, what actually to do during launch, and then some things to do after the launch. And so I am specifically or especially excited to have you on because you help so many business owners, online business owners with their own launches. You've done launches yourself and, or you just know all the puzzle pieces that go and especially all the emotions that go into launching. And when we were brainstorming topics and ideas for your particular episode, you presented the topic of like how to host a profitable webinar or masterclass and it, or how to get people to show up to your webinar and masterclass. And so I immediately was like, yes, we need to discuss this because these are literal things that so many business owners need help with and need need clarification on. And it's not just like you have a class and people will magically appear like you have to do a lot of prep work going into it. And to take a step back, I wanted to add this for all the listeners and anyone who's watching on YouTube. I want to set the stage that in terms of launching a product or service, like where do the webinars and the masterclass lie? I see webinars and masterclasses as a big hype piece event before your actual cart open date for either your service or your product. Um, In a way, it's to boost your email list and get people amped up to learn from you, meaning amped up to buy from you, hopefully, and when the cart opens. And it's definitely, I believe, in the pre-launch phase where you, the business owner, are taking the time to map this either webinar or masterclass out. And keep in mind, we're going to be using these terms interchangeably. So that's what I mean. I wanted to use both terms just in case. So Mara, I'm going to let you take it away from here. Like how to host Let's just talk about how to host a profitable webinar or masterclass, especially as it relates to launching. Yes. And I'm so excited about this topic too. I think the week Dolly was pitching me for the upcoming bundle, I had just done like two client webinars. And so I was in the thick of like, how do you get people to show up? How do you get them to watch the replay? What do you even make your masterclass about? Which I love that you touched on masterclass, webinar, free training, It's all the same thing. Some people are really scared of the word webinar. And so they'll say masterclass because it can sound a little fancier and a little or or like workshop or something like that. I was just going to say workshop or free training. I see a lot or like free class. It's all the same thing. But we're talking about where you teach something to your audience. And I highly recommend you actually teach something. Don't make it like (laughs) a timeshare pitch where you don't actually provide any value. Some people do that. And I think we all have had experiences where we attended a masterclass thinking we were going to learn something and then we were just sold. That's not what we're talking about on this podcast. We're talking about something that really teaches something in your business, whatever your topic is, gives them quick wins. And then at the end, you let them know, hey, I hope this helped you. If you want to work together further, I have this course or this coaching session or whatever. So there should be value there and it should help boost your sales during the launch because people know you're an educator now, they can get to know your personality and it really can help with sales when people actually see you and get to learn from you. So the first thing we should talk about is how do you know if you should have a masterclass or should you even do it in your launch? And the answer isn't always yes. As Dolly said, it can be a huge thing to grow your email list and then also re-engage your current email list because sometimes people stop listening. If you start sending launch emails, they might not open it. But if you have a free class and you get them to sign up for that, it really does re-engage your audience. So if you have time, I am a big fan of trying out some sort of free training. You can also repurpose it later and use it as an evergreen lead magnet where you just record your class, you can have people opt in and that can be a huge asset to your business. That's so great. I'm I'm usually pro free training, but if it's going to stress you out or it's going to cause you not to launch, you can skip it. That's totally okay. And you could incorporate it in the next launch. There's no golden rule that you have to launch and have a webinar and you're not, you're not going to get in trouble, but it is something that is really effective at engaging your list, getting more people on your list. And then you've got this amazing asset that you can use in the future and continue to grow your list or reuse it for future launches. 
Yeah. You know what? I was just thinking, I know this wasn't in the notes, but I was just thinking if you record a masterclass webinar, you could also repurpose it as private audio training and repurpose it as a, what's it called? A private podcast. I'm all about private pop private pop-up podcast. There we go. Getting a little tongue-tied, but that is another way to boost your email list on Evergreen if you are wanting to grow your email list with a private audio training. Yes. And I'm a big believer in private podcasts as well. And anything you can do if people didn't attend the original webinar, maybe they have a newborn baby and they can't attend. So you need to make it more accessible or you can even Mm -hmm. chop it up and you can make YouTube videos Or I've seen some people record their masterclass and they make it a paid product down the road, which can be really cool and then makes your audience feel like, whoa, that was a ton of value if now she's charging for it, which your masterclass should be that good that you would feel comfortable charging something for it. Yeah. I know this wasn't part of it. So sorry if I'm like throwing you like with a loop and you're like, Dolly, I have newborn mom brain, please don't throw new questions at me. But this was just something that I thought of. So let's say a business owner is listening into this podcast and they're like, okay, I want to create a masterclass webinar. How much time should I allot for myself in this phase in order to have a quote unquote successful, I'm using air quotes because success is different for everyone, masterclass. Like what is a good period of time to prep for this? I love this question because what most people do is come up with their idea and schedule a date that's like a week away. And then it's chaos of trying to figure out how to prep for everything. So I would say give yourself at least a month and master classes or webinars in general are pretty easy to create the content for because you need some sort of slides, but you're teaching live. So you don't have Mm -hmm. to record yourself separately. You don't have to do a bunch of stuff. The biggest setup is creating a sign-up page, making your slides, and maybe doing like a practice run through with someone just to make sure everything works. But I think a month gives you time to really think through the content. And you should be Mm -hmm. spending most of that time on what do I want to talk about? What do I want to teach people? And then cut out like half of it because it's really easy to make it go too long and you do you want to keep it effective I usually tell people try to teach for about 20 minutes and if you aim for 20 you'll probably go over because people will ask questions you'll Mm -hmm. elaborate because you're you love your business and that's just what you want to do yeah and so maybe you'll go over to 30 or 40 minutes but some people have like an hour and a half long masterclass and then people yeah. are leaving because they got to go eat dinner. They got to go pick up their kids. And you usually do want to leave time at the end for like Q&A, troubleshooting with people, and then also to talk about your offer. That's important part at the very end to let people know how they can continue to work with you. That's um, some of the better workshops, masterclasses that I've attended. I've always appreciated when the business owner does the introduction and then lets the people know who are watching, like, by the way, like I do have something to offer, but it's going to be at the very end. And, but this whole thing is not going to be me pitching, but I just wanted you to be fully aware of what to expect. Yes. I love this as well because it just is so authentic and genuine. And then when you do go into the air quotes pitch, which your pitch doesn't have to be like sleazy or gross. Sometimes people think like you have to be a used car salesman on your webinar. You don't have to be at all. You can just be like, hey, I hope this was helpful. Here's how you can continue to work with me. But I do find people really appreciate it when you tell them, hey, I'm so happy you're here. At the very end of this, there is going to be a pitch about my Mm -hmm. new thing. If you want to pop off then, no hard feelings. But The first 40 minutes are all going to be like educational content and I'm not going to send you to a sales page yet. Like people really appreciate that. And I find then they stick around for the pitch because they're like, oh, I'm curious. Yeah, they're curious. Mm -hmm. And and a lot of people don't do that, especially bigger business owners don't always do that. So it catches people with a breath of fresh air when you are just open and honest about hey, I'm going to offer you something at the end and there's no hard feelings if you don't buy it. Yeah, I've been noticing that too about several, there's several business owners that have done that and it actually made me trust them a little bit more or even more, whatever term. I don't even know what term to use, but it made me trust them and like them even Mm -hmm. more. Okay, so you were saying earlier before I like went off on the tangent, sorry, like webinars are a great way to show you, show your list 
and your people that you are a great teacher or that you can teach on a certain topic. And it's a great way to grow your list during a launch period. And then you had mentioned that you can repurpose this as an evergreen content. Do you mind touching base on like several ways a a person can look at this as evergreen? Because I know the answer to this, but help my listeners understand they don't just have to like create an evergreen product for paid purposes. This can also be a lead magnet. Yeah. So basically what Dolly said is you can turn it into a lead magnet and there's several different ways you can do this where you have people opt in and you can usually use the same signup page that you made for the webinar. Just take off the date and say like it's on demand or or let people know that it's pre-recorded. Don't <laughs> trick them because that can feel weird when you think you're signing up for something live and then you realize it's pre-recorded. But you can have them sign up and then have a replay page with the whole video. You could also chop it up into maybe a series of four videos so that it's a little shorter. And maybe you take out some of the parts where you're talking to the Zoom chat, since that is not always relevant to someone who's watching it as a replay. You could also create blog posts out of different parts of it, because usually you're teaching one core topic on your masterclass. So like, say you have a course about how to write a book. Maybe your masterclass is about how to pitch yourself to potential editors. And you could turn that into a blog post about like how to write a query letter, how to find editors to pitch and come up with a series of five to 10 blog posts. And then at the very end, do you want to see the full class and learn the next step? Opt in here and and you'll get it. Yeah. There's a lot of different ways. Dolly also mentioned the private podcast, which can be really powerful. People can listen to it on the go. And you can leave your pitch at the end in there as well. That's what most Mm -hmm. people do. And so it's not just a lead magnet. It also becomes this evergreen sales funnel where people are watching it. You link to the checkout page at the very end and you start seeing sales pop up in your inbox when you're sleeping or doing something, which is so fun when that happens. Yeah. Okay. Again, I know this wasn't in the notes. So please forgive me, Mara. Can you talk about some easy tech stacks that a business owner can utilize? Easy meaning approachable or that might already be in their arsenal? Yeah. And you probably don't need to buy a ton of extra software unless you're this huge business owner and you're going to have thousands and thousands of people show up, which if that's you, congratulations. That is not most of us. Even larger business owners that have an email list of 30,000 people, they still might only have 50 to 100 people show up for the masterclass. And it is totally fine to have a masterclass and 15 people show up, 20 people. I've been on plenty where five people show up and all five of those people bought. And then a bunch of people watch the replay. But the simplest way and the thing I always tell people, you can just have a Zoom meeting. You do not even need to have a Zoom webinar, which Zoom will try to charge you a bunch of money for the webinar features let people raise their hand and there's a couple other features. You don't need it. Most workshops are honestly just technically Zoom meetings that people made a title for and then they didn't let the participants have their video on. So I always recommend Zoom. It's super simple. We all know how to use it, which is huge. There's a bunch of webinar softwares out there, which as your business grows, there's things like Demio, Webinar Jam. They're all great. They all work. But I recommend starting with Zoom because most people know how to use it. It's simple. You're probably already paying for it. You do probably want the paid plan so that you can make sure you record it and record it to the cloud or your computer. Save it because it's heartbreaking to not record your webinar. It's it's the (laughs) worst. And if you can have a friend or your VA be on your webinar and be your hype person, this is what I do for a lot of people. I'll be on their webinar and make sure that they check that you're recording. And then if you are not recording, they blow up your phone or they even type it in the chat because I've had to do that to multiple people because sometimes you do your whole spiel and you realize you were so in the zone, you never hit record, which I'm a big fan of just auto record and chop off the embarrassing beginning part where you were fixing your... It's so easy to edit that part out. You can delete the part where you were fixing your hair and drinking water and then you can start it right at the cute intro. But then that way you don't forget to re- hit record. Just tell Zoom to do it automatically. I love that. That's such a good reminder. I might like, I, I was like, I'm going to have you do that for me. But I'm like, no, I want you just to snuggle your baby. So I'll ask because I have like my first ever masterclass that I'm leading next week. And I'm like, that is such a good idea. I need to have a friend just be in the chat just to remind me about. Yeah. And it's also helpful if 
you can give them a list of five to 10 links that people might ask because people you'll start talking and then people will be like, wait, Dolly, what's your podcast? What's your website? What's the sales page? So if you can like, if you have a VA, that's great. They can do it. We don't all have VA. So I do this all the time for people of just helping them out or I'll do it for clients of dropping links in the chat. Or if someone says, I can't see anything. It's not working. Helping them troubleshoot, which almost always the answer is on their end. <laughs> it's not. People are like, I can't see anything. And it's it's probably your computer if everyone else can see it. You're like, like having your video on. <laughs> yeah. Or, or just being like, okay, log out of Zoom and come back in. Yeah. Um, that often solves. But having someone who can help you facilitate that is really helpful. Because when you're teaching, it's hard to answer everything in the chat troubleshoot things for people drop every link they ask for yeah because then your train of thought is I guess like shot because then you're like oh I need to do this and then you're like what was I talking about thank you for letting us go on that little tech side tangent like again like listeners don't overcomplicate the tech setup and like Mara was saying and I remember I had Stephanie Case on the podcast talking about webinars as well and she also mentioned like don't overcomplicate the tech setup if this is brand new for you okay so let's talk about what the theme of your masterclass or workshop should actually be about yes So it should be something related to your launch. So whatever you're launching, I like to tell people to think of what would be like the very first step that people would need to get started. And if you're stuck on what that is, you can pull your audience and say something like, I teach about systems. What do you need to know about that? Or I would love to create a free class about Dubsado. What would you like to learn for free? So you can pull your audience and have them do the hard work. If you have an online course or a digital product, you can also look at what do you talk about in the very beginning of that product that'll help people get started and snag them. You do want to give them a win. So give them something tangible they can do. Sometimes people do a webinar and it's just like really basic advice that you could have Googled and then they get to pitching their thing and you get through the whole thing and you're like, wait, did I actually learn anything at this? So I'm a big fan of there should be a win. They should be able to leave and have some sort of homework. Keep it pretty simple. Mm -hmm. Something else that is interesting is you can accidentally overteach on your masterclass. And then what happens? I'm raising my hand. That guy. I'll be curious if you have experienced this, if you Mm -hmm. overteach and the information is amazing, Mm -hmm. but then no one joins your course because you just Mm -hmm. gave them so much homework to do that why would they have time to join your course? Because you just gave them a checklist of things to do for free. Yeah. They're like, I need to work on this homework first and then I'll be able to buy. Yes. Totally. I am guilty. I am the problem. It's me, you guys. I'm the problem. That's me. So many people do. And I do the same thing, by the way. Even after helping clients do this, I'm always like, okay, we have to scale back. Don't overwhelm people because then they do get overwhelmed and it gets confusing. And then, like you said, they're like, wait, I can't join the course. I'm not ready. I I have to do all of these things before I'm qualified, which is probably not true, but it's Mm -hmm. really easy to make people feel like they aren't qualified or they're not at the right step yet. So give them a bite-sized thing that after the masterclass, I like to say they could go and do in 15 to 30 minutes. Like their homework should be pretty short. It'll give them a quick win and help them, but it's not so long that it's going to take them months to do. Exactly. I love that reminder. And I'm just like, okay, Dolly, you need to remember to do this as well. Because I, my problem is that I just want to make sure people know that I like am bringing in lots of value and I don't want to waste their time and I want them to feel like, I don't know, mostly I don't want them to feel like I have wasted their time. I want them to be so excited about applying, in my case, systems and workflows to the back end of their business, but I can get so wordy and over just like overstate everything. I always tell people, just treat it like you're teaching middle schoolers, which I used to teach seventh grade English and middle schoolers have no attention span. Like (laughs) you have to do all sorts of crazy things to hold their attention span. And then you do not need to include excess information that they don't need to know. And it's funny because I think most entrepreneurs are a little bit like middle schoolers. We have so many (laughs) other things. It's really true. We all have a million passion projects. We're all like the marketing 
director of our business and the CEO and the copywriter and the podcast. We all have all these hats. So just pretend like your audience are middle schoolers, have a short attention span. They're going to have a hard time remembering the homework. You're going to have to like put it up a million times, email them about it. Yes. And I was just thinking, and then we all have the strongest feelings ever about our business. Like it's like an emotional roller coaster. I'm like, when did I last feel like that? When I was in middle school, I felt these feelings. Yep, exactly. It's funny how much overlap there is. So teaching middle schoolers and teaching entrepreneurs. Yeah, very. Oh, I love that analogy so much. If you are listening to this episode live, I have some time sensitive news to share with you today. After listening to this week's episode, I really want you to head on over to the show notes and get on the wait list for the Systems and Workflow Magic Bundle, the 4.0 launch edition today. Yes, you heard me right. The popular bundle is back, but in 4.0 form. So if you are ready to sprinkle in some strategies and puzzle pieces and SOPs and workflows of learning how to apply launching into your business to better impact 2024 and hopefully beyond, get ready, my friend, because coming February 5th through February 9th of 2024, you are going to have access to over 28 plus experts who are going to be contributing different launching resources to help you grow in knowledge, understanding, and confidence in how to implement launching in your own business. Now, this bundle includes resources that will help you out with the puzzle pieces of planning out your own launch to pre-launch planning, to actual launch week planning, to what the heck to do after the post-launch, because there are different phases. I specifically dreamed up this bundle after witnessing and hearing so many creative-minded business owners struggle with knowing where to begin in the planning process of launching a service or digital product. Or maybe you have a product or service and you don't understand all the moving parts involved in launching. Or maybe you just feel overwhelmed and you want guidance with where to begin. Either way, this bundle is chock full of resources, mini courses, templates, blueprints, all with the mission of helping you get started with launching. And yes, especially if you are a team of one, and are running the show on your own. So you don't want to miss out on the Systems and Workflow Magic Bundle, the 4.0 launch edition. So head on over to systemsandworkflowmagic.com to get on the wait list or head over to the show notes today. Let me ask you this question. Is 2024 the year you learn more about launching and how to apply the principles and strategies of launching to your own business? I certainly hope so. And as always, stay streamlined and strategic with your workflows, your SOPs, and strategies. You amazing muggle you. I'll see you in the launch bundle. Hey, fellow entrepreneurs and creatives. I've got a little secret to share with you today. An exclusive private podcast that will change how you think about launching. I am so excited to share with you how to plan out your first or next digital product launch, a look into the four different launch phases. Now, this is not your average podcast. It's a private podcast designed to give you insider insight into the intricate world of launching because there are so many moving puzzle pieces of launching And I know launching can be overwhelming to the business owner who doesn't have an entire team working for them. Here's the catch. This podcast is private. The only way to unlock this wealth of launching knowledge is by signing up. Yes, you heard me right. It's a secret private podcast. Your VIP pass is waiting for you in the show notes. And all you have to do is sign up to get exclusive access. Over four days, we'll dive deep into the different phases of launching, breaking down the complexities and helping you uncomplicate and untangle the entire launching process. It's like having a launch strategist or aka your systems and workflow BFF 
whispering secrets directly into your ear. But here's the thing. This is not available forever. It is a limited time podcast and the doors to this secret podcast will soon close. So if you're ready to revolutionize your approach to launching, you need to act fast. Now, how do you get on the secret? Super easy. Head on over to the show notes of this podcast or visit systemsandworkflowmagic.com forward slash private dash podcast to sign up. Once you're in, get ready for a journey that will transform the way you launch your ideas, your products into the world. I don't want you to miss out on this opportunity. I will see you inside. Okay, so I love that you mentioned if you are stuck on ideas on what to teach, again, pull your audience, pull your email list and ask them what they actually want to learn from you. Okay, so this is a question then I know will come up with the listeners. Like how, what if I don't have a big email list and how do I get people to show up to my masterclass? Yeah, you so... I see this all the time because we're all mm-hmm. self-conscious about our email list. And you might have an email list at zero. That's totally yeah. fine to launch. And your launch is going to be growing your email list and mm-hmm. the actual launch. That's what happens for most of us of why we started our email list to begin with. So don't let that scare you. And I have done so many launches where the email list was like five or 10 people. And then you launch again in a few months and it's doubled and then it's doubled again. And it's when you see these business owners that have these huge email lists, no, they were absolutely at the beginning at one point and didn't have anything. Mm -hmm. So this is cheesy advice, but you have to start somewhere. You have to start by talking about your thing. So just put it out there. If you truly don't have a lot of followers on social media or an email list, you can also tell business friends, tell whoever you know, like it's really basic, but it, it works. I've just share it. And sometimes people will be willing to share it or they might be like, oh, wait, I do need to learn that thing in my business. And yeah, they they didn't realize it. So you have to start somewhere and keep talking about it. A lot of people mention their free class one time and they're like, check, I told everyone. Uh, You have to have like definitely like remind people that middle school mentality, like remind people over and over and over again. Yeah. I'm yeah. I need that reminder all the time. Yeah. You can send so many emails and you will still have someone tell you, wait, I didn't know you did a class on that. And you'll be like, what? I stayed up all night writing emails every day about this and I posted it on social media and it was all over my website. And so people just don't always see it. And you're not going to overwhelm people or make them feel like you're talking about it too much. Most people just don't see everything you put out. Mm -hmm. That's totally normal. So give them multiple opportunities to see your thing, to sign up. One little quick hack too is when you're doing the masterclass take some screenshots of what people say in the comments and then you can use that for the next masterclass to advertise it usually at the end if you're an amazing educator like most of the people listening to this podcast are people will say thank you so much dolly for putting together this training or your answer was so helpful and it's really fun to have that social proof later to put if you make it into an evergreen opt-in or you run your masterclass again which once you set it up You can teach it again live and it's so easy to teach on the same topic and you get better at it and you anticipate people's questions. That's so true. And something that I want to remind everyone, and this is something that I'm holding myself accountable to, is that let's say, don't just assume you're just going to record it once, put it on evergreen and then attach a product to it. And then that's that. You never have to update it. I would say try to like update it at least once a year if not assess it like every few months, because like you want the content to be fresh and relevant because some of it may change according to like industry standards. So hold yourself accountable. Yeah. And it also feels really good when people opt into something and it's clear this is current. Yeah. I think we all have opted into something and we're like, whoa, I think this was filmed in 2010 before phone <laughs> cameras were a big thing. So keeping it fresh and all, sometimes I'll see someone's webinar 
And they mentioned like their kid being one. And I'm yeah. like, their kid is definitely 10 now. Yeah. It might be time to re record oh, your that webinar. That's so funny. Yeah, that's very true. And I, yeah, that's actually a really good point. If you want to keep things very evergreen as well in your webinar, maybe don't mention things that are current events and happening that way. Like if you're only able to refresh it once a year, like that way it's kind of staying, remaining fresh in a way. I don't yeah, know what your thoughts are on that. No, I agree. And I usually tell people, put all the current event stuff at the beginning so it's easy mm -hmm. to edit out. Another thing is be careful about saying the price out loud a ton mm -hmm. of times. You yes. can put it on the screen. You can maybe say it once. But I have gone back and had to re-edit so many people's webinars because we changed the price or we changed the bonuses or something about the course changed where then we have to chop off the end and do some fancy editing to keep it up to date. Gotcha. No, that's a really good point. Okay, Mara, you have shared so much about the power of webinars and masterclasses, especially before launching. Do you mind, okay, do you mind sharing with the audience any, if off the top of your head, like how well for your from your viewpoint, from your experience working with business owners, like how high converting or like how did the masterclass or webinar help convert into launch week? Does that make sense until mm -hmm. into conversions? Yeah. So to give some statistics, and this might sound a little scary because I'm going to yeah. get, I, I'm going to say across the board, usually, and even in large businesses, 1% is considered a really good conversion rate. That might sound terrifying. Yeah. Usually for smaller business owners, there's a much higher conversion rate because you have more of a connection with your audience especially the first couple of webinars for people, they had like this really tight community, even if they didn't think they did. I did a webinar for a client I've worked with for years and her first webinar had the highest conversion because her community was so small and like really tight knit. She made a ton of money and it's since grown and our conversion rate has gone down, but it's not necessarily a bad thing. Yeah. And it, it also really depends. I know that 1% sounds scary, and there's so much that goes into it that you might not see from the beginning. Like sometimes someone attends your webinar, they don't buy on that launch, but they think about you the whole time in between launches. And then the next one, they're ready to buy. There's a lot of stuff like that happens where you're warming up people and you. some people are different. Some people can meet someone and buy something from them right away. Some people need to like date you for years before yes. they'll buy something. And the longer you're in business, the more you see that if someone will buy and you'll be like, wait. They've been on my email list for five years. They've clicked the sales page every single time. And then finally, like something about it breaks through and, yeah. and they join. And then you'll have other people who signed up for the webinar five minutes before it started and they buy your thing. Like yeah. people are all different. So give them lots of opportunities. In general, though, I usually see having a webinar or a masterclass increases conversions across the board because they're getting that touch point with you. They mm -hmm. know your teaching style. Also, it's really powerful to be on live with someone and you can ask questions about the course. You can literally be like, hey, Dolly, what is lesson three about? Is this covered in the course? And it's hard to do that over email. So it gives people a yeah. way to ask whatever they want and, and get like a genuine answer because you're right there. Yeah. And I'll say you'll have to buy it to find out. I'm just kidding. <laughs> This is salty, Dolly. No, I was totally kidding, everyone. I would definitely answer. That's actually really good. What, that kind of makes me think of, do you highly recommend having a Q&A at the end or is, to be successful or does there have to be a Q&A at the end of a masterclass? I usually do recommend a Q&A, but okay. putting a time limit on it because okay. otherwise it'll turn into this long thing. And sometimes people will start asking you questions about things that have nothing, nothing to do, to do. <laughs> nothing to do with what you're talking about, um, which I usually do tell people, prioritize the questions that are the thing that you're talking about. It's okay to ignore or circle back at the end the questions that are about like your personal life or something total. Or someone will be like, remember that podcast you recorded a year ago? I have a question <laughs> about one thing you said in there. Yes. So I do recommend a Q&A. Usually, though, put some sort of time on it. And you can even have a timer up on the screen to hold yourself accountable. Because if you just give people 
all the time in the world, it starts to turn like you feel bad if you can't answer everyone's questions mm-hmm. and, and it gets weird. The other thing is people do need some sort of incentive to buy. I think we all need deadlines or incentives or we just never buy the thing. So if you have a times Q&A and you're like, hey, I'm popping off at this time and then you pair that with anyone who buys while I'm on live will be entered to win a coaching call or you'll get this bonus. I, that is really effective of giving people something really tangible that they get when they buy on live with you. Because otherwise you will just have your Q&A and you'll be like, okay, the cart is open for the next week. And then people will be like, cool, I can buy it next Friday. And it'll be fine. And then they forget to ever yeah. go back exactly. and buy it. So exactly. having some sort of incentive a lot of people do like a giveaway for something or they offer some sort of like bonus like hey if you buy on live you'll also get a coaching call with me there's a lot of like creative things you can do to kind of sweeten the pot when they're on live and those are usually your best buyers too they're already engaged they listen to your pitch they're asking questions they're primed and ready to buy and then i also have your cart checkout software open or have someone that can text you when someone buys that way you can say oh my gosh, Dolly, you just joined. Welcome. Like that is so powerful when you start calling out people's names, which you've probably been on webinars and seen that. Yeah. The answer is just have your checkout software open and then you see the sales come through and it's really fun. Or if that's complicated, you can have someone like watching it and texting you as they come through. That's true. That's true. I I love, these are all really good ideas. Mara, I, I could pick your brain for hours, but you're like, no, please don't. I have to go back to my baby. So We'll wrap up here. And Mara, do you mind sharing with everyone how they can find you, work with you, connect with you, and just get to know you? Because you genuinely are one of the sweetest, sweetest people ever on the online space. Oh, thank you. Someone once told me I was like a business golden retriever of being really friendly. And I was like, I love that compliment. That is exactly who I want to be. I'm sure Dolly will put all of the links, but probably the way to find me is search create a better course that's my podcast create Mm -hmm. a better course on anywhere podcasts are available or on google also my website is marakasarik.com but as we have mentioned my last name is a bit of a doozy to spell so i'm always like just click the link don't try to spell it or you can find me on instagram as well i am much more active now that i have a baby because i am feeding her in the middle of the night and i'm like i should scroll on instagram and come up with a post because yes i can do one-handed Yes, that's very true. Like you think, oh, I won't have any time on Instagram. You do at those night feedings are the real deal. So yes, I have more time. Like the week after I had my daughter, I got my screen time report and it was like, your screen time has gone up 170% this week. (laughs) It is because now I'm awake in the middle of the night. You're like, stop judging me screen time. I did feel very judged. I was like, I just had a baby a week ago. I do not need to be yelled at about this. I love it. I love it. Okay. I'm going to share a really random fact with you and everyone else on the podcast and on the YouTube channel. You're going to see me. But I heard a fact. I don't know the exact statistics. So no one like look it up and then yell at me if I get it wrong. But I heard that your brain, like a woman's brain after giving birth, is able to soak in more information and learn so much more because just like the act of giving birth, like releases some sort of hormones and you are like more alert and aware because you're not only keeping the baby alive and nourishing it but you have the ability to learn even like you want to soak up so much like a sponge and then that's why a lot of new moms are like taking these programs or buying courses or in masterminds because and they're like applying it as they like raise their newborn have you ever heard that I had it until you told me and you sent yeah. me a voice memo at yeah. some point during my pregnancy. And it was super yeah. helpful because when I was pregnant and planning maternity leave, I had a lot of feelings around, is this the end of my business? And part of that was because sometimes people literally tell you that you're going to have a baby and not care about your business, which is a weird reaction. Yeah. But I had lots yeah. of people that are just like, oh, so you're quitting your business, which is not true. And then you, you also can do worry. both. You can do both. Thank you. You yes. can do both. And I remember you sent me that voice message and it was so helpful because I had, I did have a lot of fears of like, things are going to change and I'm not going to be able to do work on my business. And 
I have, my brain is sometimes sleep deprived and exhausted, but yes, the learning thing, which I'm learning so much about babies. It's insane how much you learn after they're born. You can read all the books, but then the first week you learn so much about your actual kid and feeding them and you Google everything. (laughs) It's crazy masterclass about everything, (laughs) everything newborn. And then business stuff. Sometimes in the middle of the night now I'm like listening to podcasts and I do feel like I absorb it a little differently. Yeah, yeah, differently. And I'm just like, oh, we need to implement this. Let's go where before I would have sat on it and thought about it for weeks and over. Maybe it's just you don't have time. So you stop overthinking everything because you just, just like, take action. You're, you're like, just like there's time. Is, now is the time. I think you can. Every mom has their own opinion, but I really believe you can do both. There will be seasons where you're going to have to give more energy to one thing than the other. And obviously, I know you will give your all to your baby, but you can still do both. and. It will, I don't know. I'm. That's where I stand personally. I agree. That's my plan, by the way, yes. of keep fueling my business and then also raising a baby and, and supporting yes. her. And yes, yeah. Uh, so many people have done it before us, and we are. Yeah, I think it's all about balance. People are like, "There's no such thing as balance," but there, there is, there is such thing as balance for everybody. Yes. Everybody has unique balance. So, anyways, I'm, I'm sure somebody's going to send me a technical DM about balance, and I'm gonna be like, "Okay, I, I don't know what to say to this." So, anyways, we will just wrap up. And thank you so much again, Mara, for being on the podcast. And as a little teaser, do you mind sharing with the listeners what you are going to be contributing to the Systems and Workflow Magic Bundle, the launch edition? Because I know you're giving two two things. Yes. So I pitched Dolly a bunch of ideas and she was like, you can do more than one. And I was like, I can. I thought she was going to make me pick. So there's two things. The first is a Thrivecart template, which is like a full sales page template. So in the past, I've had checkout templates that are just the checkout page. This has all of the good stuff where you can put your refund policy, you can put your story about why you created the course or your product. So that way you don't have to pay for fancy sales page software if you already have Thrivecart. And then the second one is super relevant to this podcast episode we're doing is a course about hosting a masterclass or a webinar. And in there, I talk about picking your topic. One of my favorite things, and this is where this course was born, was I have a bunch of email templates that I use when I set up webinars for people where like, how do you tell people about your webinar? When do you send reminder emails? I've been in business now for five years. So I have a bunch of those that I've written over the years and realized what works and different subject line ideas. And so I've put that into a template bundle inside of the course. That way you can copy paste, change what your masterclass is about. It'll tell you when to send emails for people to show up, some ideas for what to send in your replay email, because that is always challenging to get people to watch the replay. And I think it's harder than ever in 2023. I've been having a lot of conversations with business owners where they're like, no one watches the replay. Like, well, what do we do? And so I have some ideas for that about how to send out your replay and then encourage people to watch it because not everyone's going to be able to show up live. So the replay is important. I love it. I'm so excited, Mara. And again, like this bundle, for those of you who are following along the series, is it's going to center all around the different aspects or the puzzle pieces and systems of launching. So like we're going to hit up some resources for you to get ready for your pre-launch. So as you're planning out your launch and then the pre-launch phase, everything you need to do in that runway to your launch and then what to do the week before your launch and then maybe what to do things to consider during cart open and then the steps to take during post-launch because a lot of people forget about that post-launch phase and how important it is to read your data, to read your numbers so that for your next launch, you're going based off of data and not your feelings and your like your gut or just like the emotional roller coaster. <laughs> so um, I'm sure people who are listening, they're like, man, Dolly doesn't have any feelings. I do have feelings. Okay, guys. But I just want to help us all to dig into the numbers. All right. So this is going to be an incredible bundle. I still have pinch me moments about who's involved with this bundle and I'm just so grateful you're a part of this. So thank you. I am so excited. And there's something when I started my business five years ago, and I was just getting into like online courses in the launch world. One of 
the business people I followed, who was like a mentor to me, she told me, when you learn how to launch, you'll always have a way to bring money in your business. And at mm-hmm. the time I was like, what is she talking about? Because like business <laughs> is stressful. Some, sometimes like your revenue is all over the place. And that's oh, one yes. of the things I personally have found very different than when I was a teacher of my paycheck is not just like every two weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I miss that about my nine to five some days. I'm like, oh man, I miss the, what's it called? The consistency. Just like knowing. Yeah. Yeah, Cause it can be, and even when you're having great financial months, it is so intimidating to not know what's around the corner. Yeah. But when you do learn to launch, it is like a skill that any other skill, if you learn, you rinse and repeat and it's really cool because it becomes this thing of, oh, you have a goal in your business of wanting to go on a vacation or hire someone. You can yeah. launch and help fund your goal. So it's a skill you can learn. And I think people think there's some launch magic touch or you have to go to some special school or something. No. Nope. You just need like the right resources and to experiment. And I think this bundle is going to be exactly like the right resources for so oh. many people. Well, I'm excited and I couldn't like, I just have to say, I cannot do this without all the amazing contributors. So thank you. So anyways, thank you everyone for listening to the very end and for joining me and Mara on episode 108. I am very honored that you all either listened or you watched to the very end. So if you found anything of value from this podcast episode, do you mind sharing it with a um, business friend who also needs help with the systems and workflows of launching, especially when they're planning out their masterclass or webinar? So that would mean the world to me. So until then, have an extremely streamlined and magical week. You amazing muggle you. I will talk to you next week with a brand new episode. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Systems and Workflow Magic Podcast. You can find full show notes from today's episode at dollydelongphotography.com forward slash podcast. If you're loving the podcast, I'd be so honored if you'd subscribe and leave a review on your favorite podcast player. Be sure to screenshot this episode, share it to your stories, and tag me at dollydelongeducation over on Instagram. Until next time, go make some strategic workflow magic.